Episode 3 of the Sideline Views Podcast is presented by Guy Boston Sports. For day-to-day coverage on the Bruins, Pats, Sox, and Celts, along with other podcasts like these, visit GuyBostonSports.com. Per usual, I'm joined by my guy, Keem. Keem, what's up? Hey, how we doing, fellas? All good, all good. Well, not to toot my own horn, but my prediction was right. Isaiah Thomas did sign this week. Unfortunately, not with the team that I hoped for, but... Pretty good opportunity as is. Also, the Brink trucks weren't backed up. It was more like a Honda Civic. So, <laughs> let's get let's get into it. Isaiah Thomas, one-year deal, $2 million with the Denver Nuggets. Thoughts? I really, I personally don't know what he was doing. I understand he's trying to build his, you know, <clears throat> trying to build, build back up his reputation he had in the league. He was known as a scorer. He was known as, you know, someone who you can rely on in a late-game situation. But recently, he's been anything but that, especially at the Lakers. You know, so it's been a lackluster year for him. So I can tell he's trying to rebuild his career by going to Denver. But why Denver? Just just because you can do whatever you want, $2 million for one year? Is that really worth it? Do you think Isaiah Thomas' kids want to go out to Denver? I don't know. Yeah, I, the, I thought Orlando was honestly a better fit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the whole one year, two million. That one year, regardless of what you're getting, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not your payday. Um, I think Denver, I think Denver could work. It's not a big market team, so you know, it's you're not getting the you know the media attention he was getting in in Cleveland or or Los Angeles. So a lot of that pressure is off his shoulders. I feel. Um, but I, I, I'm very confident he's gonna he's gonna put up a comeback year. I actually wrote a piece. Uh, and I was wrong, unfortunately, as I am several times. Um, how? Because he he left like an Instagram comment about like you know I would sign a one year deal with Boston, and it's weird because today you know we live in the generation where like we have to take these social media things into consideration. Like a few years back when LeBron unfollowed the Cavs on Twitter, it became a big story. You had the thing with Isaiah Thomas as a Celtic like two off seasons ago when he followed Blake Griffin, and that became a big story. So anything that happens, it's weird how, and it's, it's for every sport, I feel it's weird that like we're on top of everything in social media and what athletes do, and it becomes a story. I don't know. That's just how I feel. It's kind of weird. I agree, but, but, but you know, we're forgetting that Isaiah Thomas did have a fight with Jamal Murray. Now he has to go back and he has to play with this guy, has to work together with this guy, and we don't even know if the man will be starting. Yeah, I mean, in sports in the NBA, you can squash beefs as is. I don't feel it's going to be a big issue. But back to, like, my prediction, how I thought it could have worked on the Celtics. Because this whole Marcus Smart... Let's get into that for a minute. <laughs> the whole Marcus Smart situation is just weird. It's 100%. just weird. 100%. Do you know you know what I found kind of weird? Do you know the name of his agent? No, I don't know. This is not a lie. The actual name of Marcus Smart's agent is Happy Walters. <laughs> can, can you can you take that name seriously? No, definitely not. Happy Walters. <laughs> Danny Ainge, your 3 o'clock is here. Oh, what's up, Danny? It's me, Happy. Happy Walters. Yeah, you have to talk to Happy Wal- Walters to prevent him from going to the Nets. Well, he's not going to leave Marcus happy. 
Definitely not. I don't know. It's weird because I feel like he's a guy that... Uh, like, imagine last year if Philly had Marcus Smart. How, how much of a difference maker he'd be in the Boston series. Oh, it would have been crazy. Who's who's the tough guy in Philly aside from Embiid? Who's the tough guy? I don't have anyone. You saw Ben Simmons get smacked by... Um, Benny one point? By yeah, Dodgick. terrified. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Come on now. I don't know. Because you have these talks about, like, Sacramento. Now the Nets are getting in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, like, the Nets' way of getting back at Boston for completely, like, you know, playing them like a fiddle. Yep. Like, the Nets are... The Nets have been essentially Boston's like G League affiliate team, you know, <laughs> producing all our young talent. That's essentially what the Nets have become. Yeah. I don't know what, what you know. I don't get it because I, I feel like the top contending teams, you know, should be making a push for Marcus. Like imagine Houston, because Houston lost Ariza. Mm-hmm. So why isn't Houston making a push? Well, I think Houston isn't making a push because they're trying to clear as much money as they can to be able to sign Carmelo Anthony because you know how um, Capella wanted four years um, 100 million right mm-hmm. they only offered Capella four years 80 million 80 million so that's 20 million less. but I don't feel I don't feel smart will cost a lot and these whole reports about the like the Sacramento Kings you know offering the 13 mil whatever mm-hmm. if he got that offer he'd take that in a heartbeat so you don't think you got it I don't think so. I, I don't really, I don't think so. I mean, but... I like... Maybe he wants to stay in Boston. I, uh, no, I get that. And I'm a little... I'm slightly worried that, you know, he has that feeling. And the organization hasn't necessarily, you know, from what we've seen, mm-hmm. made him a big priority this offseason. Oh, definitely Because he's a guy that... He's a guy you need. Mm-hmm. 100%. As much of a headache as he is on the offensive end, his defense... You know, you can't question yeah, that. More than makes up for it. The guy makes winning plays. He's a tough worker. I don't I think. Oh, another report. Did you hear about the Kyle Corver rumors? Oh, what about him? About Boston trying to make a push at a Kyle Corver trade? I mean, it's possible because um, Cleveland wants to dump it on someone else. It got me thinking, connected with the smart thing. If you lose out on Marcus Smart and you want yourself a shooter... Why don't you go out and get Jamal Crawford? Jamal Crawford, really? Aren't you getting, like, you know, those two, Marcus Smart and Kyle Corbett, essentially combined, you're getting a good defender and a good shooter? It's true, because Jamal Crawford can do a little bit of everything. Off the second unit, that'd be dangerous. Oh, yeah. We're at one-on-one That player. would be dangerous. He's a little streaky, but he's more than worth it. Oh, one of the most underrated ball handlers of our generation. Oh my goodness. But yeah, it's the whole Marcus Smart situation is just weird that he's still sitting there right now. I mean I think ultimately Boston will strike a deal and he'll stay. He should go with Boston because I mean I can't really see too many teams being like, Hey, I want Marcus Smart, but I'm willing to deal with all the bullshit that's gonna happen with him. Yeah, he's not, he's not, I don't, oh my gosh. It's it's weird because he'll take so many bad shots, but yet at times he'll hit some really big ones. He will, but it's, you know. So Marcus Smart is like bitter chocolate, bittersweet. 
<laughs> that's a, that's really what he is. hundred percent dark chocolate. He's sweet with the defense, and then he's so bitter when when you put the ball in his hands and he's standing outside from three. Oh like remember God. how aggravated a few years back Celtics fans, including myself, would get when Jared Sollinger would shoot a three. Oh yeah, because he wouldn't rebound either. Yeah, and he shot twenty eight percent from three. <laughs> Gee, oh my goodness! I just look back at like. It, it, I just look back at at that Laker that Laker attempt at a game winner. Which which who are you talking about? Marcus Smart. Wait, what did you just say? Remember, he tried to the game winning shot, the final shot he tried to shoot in L.A. Oh my! And then God. and then he like punched the wall or whatever. Yep. Messed up his hand. Yep. Yep. That was awful. And you think about that, but then you think about the Houston play, how he got Harden to draw those few fouls to win the game, in that like twenty something point comeback or whatever it was. Yeah, but we don't remember him for what he does well. We always remember him for yeah, like the simple mistakes he does. I mean, yeah, but then he make he come he 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 just finds a way to make it up to you. The Lakers one was real bad. I was. It was. He's like he's bad. like your girlfriend that keeps messing up, but like she always finds a way to make it up at the end. She always finds a way to make it up, but you know you're better off without her. But I don't think that's the case for Boston. No, I feel like a finals run, you need that guy with you. Yeah, you'd rather have him with you than to play against him. I'm, the thing that I liked about him, even though he shot like, what is it, 1 for 10 or 2 for 10 or whatever in that game 7 against Cleveland, like the final seconds he was still playing defense. Well, yeah, he never gives up. He was still on LeBron, and it's like, dude, the season's over, and yet he's not stopping. I love that. He doesn't want to lose. He, you know, he's a no. winner. No, that's he, he's... He's a roughhouser. You need him. Yeah, but you know when you think about how he can hit a three and get anybody energized, because like it's not like he's like he's offensively just like you know a, a disaster. That's not really it. He's not. It's not like he's just that bad. He's skilled. He's very skilled offensively. But he's, his IQ when it comes you know to the offensive game, it's just it's just awful. It's awful. He could. He is. It is. But you know you think about it, you're gonna have Hayward back next year. Tatum, Brown, you have offensive weapons are going to be the least of Boston's problems next year. Well, do you think Marcus Smart so will be okay with that? I mean, he knows it. He has to know it. He wasn't necessarily, even without Kyrie and, and Gordon on the floor, he wasn't, you know, the go-to guy offensively. Know, Horford, Tatum, Brown, mm-hmm. Rozier. He still took his and shot. And then you. He still, but... I feel like with Kyrie and, Hort- and uh, uh, Hayward mm-hmm. on the floor, I feel like it'll be a difference maker. And you need that guy in a playoff run. So I do think they're going to come uh, they're gonna come back to sign a deal. They have to sign him. No, they're going to. I guarantee it. But back to the Isaiah Thomas thing, and something that's really, really, really been bugging me mm-hmm. is the media response to it and how they're making like a mockery of his, like, back up the Brink Trucks comment. I didn't like the comment. That, you remember me. You told me about it. I saw it as well. And we had a conversation about it. I disagreed with what he said. I don't think he should have said it. But then again... I don't think it's a bad... I mean, yeah. he wasn't... We Everybody knew he wasn't going to get the big-time money from Boston. Definitely not. But we can go down the list of <laughs> bad contracts that have, that have taken place in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Guys who have undeservingly made big time money. Let's start off with a guy who used to be here, Evan Turner. What do you get? Seventy million from from Portland? 
70, 75, around that range. 70, 75. Kelly Olenek, 50. Yep. We know Kelly. Timothy Mozgov, 66 plus. Joakim Noah. Where was he? Where was Joakim Noah yeah. for the past 20 years or so? He's still making money. He hasn't played. Didn't he get 90 plus from New York? Yeah, he hasn't played. He hasn't played in a game. Timothy Hardaway Jr.? Come on. 71 plus. Zach Levine, 78 plus. I don't know what to say about the Hardaway one. You know, I'm a Hardaway fan. Yeah, but he doesn't deserve that money. I think it's about his potential, not what he can do, you know, at this moment in time. Yeah, but you got to pay him for what he does and what he's done, just like you got to pay Thomas. Thomas had so he played 32 games last year. Yep. He was in a pretty odd situation in Cleveland, and I thought, and I said it from the beginning, a bunch of people. That's the thing that everyone, you know, said with the Kyrie trade: it's a steal, it's a steal, it's a steal. Boston gave up too much. No, we didn't. Ante Zizic, where is he? <laughs> Jay Crowder, he was a product of the Brad Stevens system. Everybody knows that. He's in Utah. Haven't heard from him since. What else? The the Brooklyn pick. I think Colin Sexton's going to be a good player, but we have Kyrie, so I'm cool. Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good situation for him in Cleveland at all. You got LeBron. You got K-Love. You got Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. You got Kyle Korver. Mm-hmm. It's just an odd – because Isaiah Thomas in Boston, he's not he's not a – he's obviously not a pass-first point guard. No. And you could say, well, neither was Kyrie. But Kyrie's much more versatile in getting himself better looks than Isaiah Thomas is. And he's he going to get higher defense. quality shots. That's true. Yeah, he can play defense. That – it was just a weird situation. You can, like, see him coming up and down the floor. It was like he was playing rec ball. <laughs> did, did you ever see it like him just jogging up the floor it was you know how like players just jog like yeah. nonchalantly in the all-star game just looked like he didn't want to be there he just had his fists up and he's like all right now back to the defensive end oh wait i don't play defense but anyway um yeah and then the la situation was just a four situation 100 mm-hmm. percent. it's no expectations you're playing in la la land with it was at that point that's like you can't build up your value any high, any higher. You can't really do anything here in LA to prove yourself. Yeah, if anything, Cleveland destroyed his reputation. The Lake, uh, Lakers definitely didn't really help. It showed he could still score, but other than that, nothing much. No. Which is why I, I genuinely thought a one-year deal was possible with Boston. He wouldn't get any. He's a he's. He's an improvement from Terry Rozier. I see. I saw a lot of. I'm about to like just flip everything over. Everyone who's out there saying Terry Rozier is better than Isaiah Thomas because he's taller than him is that's the most idiotic statement I've ever heard. <laughs> most idiotic. Oh no, no, no! I give the most idiotic statement I've heard since Jay Crowder's the next Jimmy Butler. Jesus Christ, Celtics fans, get it together. Get it together. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll tell you. Terry Rozier is a starting point guard in basketball. He's starting point guard worthy. But Isaiah Thomas, you can't say he's better than Isaiah Thomas. That's true. You can't. Terry Rozier is... Man, his IQ is just not there sometimes. He's making a great play. And the next place, that's when you'll say this guy. 
No idea what he's doing and get pulled. You'll see it. Happens all the time. At least once or twice a game. But the thing I thought that would have been interesting was if you brought Isaiah Thomas for a year, had you lost Marcus Smart. He'd be playing in a contract year. Obviously, he's not going to be here right after. Mm-hmm. The only coach he's ever gotten the best out of Isaiah Thomas is Brad Stevens. You put him at the two guard with Kyrie, you're going to get him a lot of open looks from three. But, what was one of Boston? What's something that Boston's needed for a while? But do you really think Three-point Isaiah shooting? Thomas would start if he came back? Would he start? Yeah, he really uh, I think he could start the two guard. I mean, what's their starting lineup right now projected to be? Horford, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, Kyrie? Mm-hmm. But then again, like, you can still get, you can still put Tatum off the bench, and you can still get him, like, starter minutes. It's not like starting, you know, means you're downgraded, you know what I mean? True, but, but then again, that means you're hurting, you're hurting someone's time, and in this case, it's going to have to be Terry Rozier. Now, are you willing to impede Terry Rozier's growth? The way I see it, his value is at its highest. Who's? Like, how high is Terry Rozier's value going to get, honestly. Yeah, but... Because think, think about it. In order for him to have to have had the value, well, have the value at what it is right now, he needed to start in big game situations. Is Terry Rozier going to be your go-to guy, your premier scorer next season in any of those situations? No. You don't know how high his ceiling is, honestly. No, I think he's good, but... You think he's all just good? That's the question. No, no. You don't think he'll ever be an all-star in this season? I mean, if they brought the East versus West back. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. Think the thing that that bugs me the most is was what well, was how he played on the road. You know what I mean? Like, you can do it at home, and that was the big thing that bugged me with the NBA playoffs in general. Was like, the road guys would just completely take take games off, and then it's like, all right, we'll do it back at home. Mm-hmm. You saw that. You oh, saw that in Rozier, probably more than any other Celtics player. It's like, dude, you went from like zero turnovers in games one and two to like eight in game three. Yeah, like he was scared of the crowd. No, he's I don't not. get it. I honestly don't get that. Why? Why that's that was such a thing in the NBA playoffs last year? We're talking about premier players playing bad on the road, but they've been doing this their whole career. If you're going to do that, then Adam Silver should just go, you know what, let's make rounds one and two just, you know, best of three. <laughs> Honestly. Just make it a best of three. Just speed things up. Speed things up. I can't. Don't make me sit and watch games one and two go, oh, my gosh, Celtics. They're doing this against Cleveland, 20-point blowouts? Wow. And then you give me that crap for games, what, three, four, and six? Mm-hmm. Come on. Don't don't put me through that. I deserve better. <laughs> I deserve better. I deserve better. I'm a Celtics fan who had to watch Joe Wallace and Chris Humphreys for a few years. You should definitely not be seeing a blowout in a playoff game between the best of the best. It's just so. Oh my! It's wait, honestly, what's the point of me watching? It's really not supposed to happen. Just make it a best of three at that point. Jesus Christ. But anyways, um, I don't I don't like the whole like I said, 
you may have not agreed with the comment, but I don't think he deserves the backlash that he's getting. No, definitely not. They're acting like did something. The whole like, mockery. Yeah. Oh, ha ha! You got you got two million. Like he wasn't a, like, like he wasn't a Celtic, you know. Just <laughs> do you, yeah. Do you understand what he he a he brought you out Horford, who b played a big part in bringing you Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, you don't get Kyrie if you don't have Isaiah. Exactly. So that's I just don't like that. Don't don't act like he didn't do anything for you. We're not talking about Avery Bradley. We're not talking about Jay Crowder. I don't get it. Avery Bradley gets a <laughs> he's gonna get a you know a better home welcoming than Isaiah Thomas. Oh, one hundred percent. I think there's an animosity between Boston fans and Isaiah Thomas. And I don't know. I, I get maybe like because of the Ainge situation, but that's between Ainge and, and Isaiah. He never came at the fans. Maybe that's why, but I don't understand why they're taking it to this extreme. He didn't. He didn't do anything to Boston. No, he embraced the city. Yeah, and he he left he left a heart you know heartfelt you know goodbye. He left he left a goodbye note. I don't understand like why fans can't embrace him the same way he embraced Boston. I don't get it honestly, but I do think I, I think he's gonna get his payday next off season. It's not going to be anything major like the Mike Conley, Chris Paul range. He's not going to get that. Yeah, definitely not. But I think he can. I think he 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 definitely deserves in the eighty-ish range. Yeah, I say it'll top out around a hundred. I, I can't see him. Getting I still more. wish you. Yeah, justice will be served. Mark my words. I think I, I thought Orlando would have been the best fit for him. Honestly. You think Orlando? Orlando, they need a guard. Yeah, they're letting Aaron Gordon do a foolish thing over there. He looks like LeBron James. I do like Aaron Gordon. You saw last year, he started, he developed that three-point shot. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to get from Evan Fournier. Yeah, he's a streaky guy. Yeah, I like him. You got, you got Vucevic, who's a really good big man. An underrated big man, I'll say, too. Oh, yeah. Vucevic doesn't get a lot of love. Why is that? Why doesn't Vucevic get a lot of love? He's... Of unathletic, you know, his lack of athleticism, and he's just goofy, like a Mozgov. True. Well, Tim Duncan wasn't athletic. I'm not saying he's a Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan was one of the most quote unquote, you know, these are my words, these are your words, NBA fans, boring players in basketball history. Yeah, but he was just he was a textbook guy. He was textbook. You yeah. saw him. When he was, you saw him, he was very skilled, and when he was younger, you saw the fire he had. I mean, as he got older, you know. I think that's a San Antonio it. thing. That's a San Antonio thing. I think Kawhi, Kawhi isn't the most exciting. He's just, he is like what Duncan was. He just does all the fundamentally sound. He's just very fundamentally sound. <laughs> Kawhi went in death for you. I don't know. I guess that's just a product of the Popovich thing, where it's like the little things are actually big things. I mean, Pop, but, he makes plays. You know, you heard the story about when Tim Duncan first came in. You didn't even know his name. No. Shows you the type of, you know, coaching you'll get with Popovich. Kind of like Brad Stevens and how he makes plays. Popovich makes plays as well. Ooh, now that we got, now that we brought up Popovich and the Spurs, there were reports that Toronto and San Antonio were talking about a possible DeMar DeRozan-Kawhi Leonard switch. Really? 
I like that. Wow. I like that. That makes the Eastern Conference a lot more interesting than just Boston and Philly. Because let's be honest, Toronto right now, even though LeBron's not, not in there, Toronto's not in the mix. No, definitely not. Toronto's going to be like a four or five seed. They won't do, they won't do anything. Even no, if they do, no. they, won't get, they won't get far. They never do. They're petrified whether, regardless of, you know, whether LeBron's in the East or not. So yeah, I I like I like that idea. You're getting a very very productive player in Demar Derozan. I mean yeah, Demar Derozan he's he wants to work hard, you know. He's not even willing to form a super team. You know the guy he's clearly clearly willing to go to a program like San Antonio and make a name for himself. But I feel like it would also be a desperation move on Toronto's part because you're not going to get Kawhi back. He definitely won't get Kawhi. I mean, he doesn't want to He's be there. Gonna He's not going to stay in Toronto. He's not going to stay in Toronto. It's a one-year deal. It's not worth it. Mm-mm. It's going to be a really interesting... It's weird because the season hasn't even started. Preseason hasn't even started. And already I'm thinking about next offseason. How many guys are going to be on the market? Oh, yeah. You're going to have Kawhi. You're going to have someone who should have a comeback season. Well, by comeback... I mean, well, all right, let me just begin. I'm talking about Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. By comeback season, I mean getting back into his, like, Minnesota form where he was, like, 25 and 12-ish range. Because yeah. obviously when you got LeBron with you, you're not, you're not stepping foot inside the paint. You're standing outside the entire time if you're K-Love, and that's what we saw. So I think there's an opportunity to see, is that, you know, Minnesota K-Love still within him? I think it definitely is, and I think we'll see it. Because this is, like, the lowest his value will ever be. LeBron's not I mean, here. it could you'll, get lower, but it has been. I hope so. I mean, even with LeBron, he was so good. People forget how, how, like, massively dangerous he was. Yeah, he was a household name a few years ago. On the inside. Back in the Rubio. The Rubio, Minnesota days. I mean, he's outgrown Rubio. What else isn't? I like Ricky Rubio. Yeah. A lot. Not my cup of tea. No, he did his thing last year in Utah. I mean, I, I, I think he complains a lot, but I, I did like how he handled himself when um, Marquise Chris. I know what you're about to bring up. Yep. When he was shoved to the ground by him, I, I handled. Mm-hmm. I like how he handled that. Yeah, he's one of the big reasons I like that Utah team. He's probably the leader. There aren't like. A lot of flashy guys on that team. Angles, him. I mean, I guess you could say Gobert's flashy defensively, but, you know, that's not a place in basketball that gets the most love. What else? You got Donovan, mm-hmm. Grayson Allen, who's probably just going to serve as your three point shooter, role player type guy. Uh, so there's not a lot of flashiness on that team. Uh, Grayson Allen could shoot. Yeah, he's a hothead. Not, obviously, like we know that, but I'm just talking about like what purpose he's going to serve and why they took him. That's true, but I don't. We don't know how. We don't know how well he'll shoot. We know how streaky college shooters are. Once they, you know, <clears throat> get into the NBA. What do you think? Do you think college should move that three point line back? I think it, I think they should. Then we'll see how well these guys can really shoot. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. 
you tell me what you think about this. Because you see it with college baseball and college football. Like, dimensions in every area are identical to, like, the pro level. Mm-hmm. So why is it basketball, like... It's not, like, a, jurast- a drastic thing, but I just don't get why why the three-point line's closer. I feel like it should be farther back, because we've seen a lot of... A lot of three-point shooters go into the league, and it clearly affects them. Oh, 100%. You go in... Doug McDermott, to me, is one of the biggest ones in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great, great shooter at Creighton. Yeah, he was he was the leading scorer in the nation. I was him. Yeah, it's it, it's Buddy Heald. Yeah. Oh my God, he's what he's exactly what they wanted. You know, Trey Young to be. And, the, yeah, that's, the, I was just about to bring that up. That's what we're going to see with Trey Young. Not saying I'm wishing anything bad upon him, but we're going to see it. Trey Young is not the one anybody here to be. He was that in, he was that in college. So you do you're in favor of that three point line going back? Oh, most definitely. You could go into your local high school gym and it's the same dimensions as as a college as a little college mm-hmm. gym and you know three point line. YMCA rec ball. So let me tell let me ask you a question, because this is something that I've been thinking about ever since the day they drafted him. Do you think a year from now, a year from today, we're gonna be talking about Atlanta Hawks taking Trey Young is a big mistake? There's a possibility. There's definitely, there's definitely a possibility. I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be, you know, an all-star. I can't see him being an all-star in the NBA. Maybe, but, you know, he'll make me do my words and, you know, get on him, but I really can't see him being anything. All right. Let's make a comparison. Do you think it's going to turn out? And it's still, you know, early, obviously, but. I want to talk about it because it's interesting. Do you think it's going to be worse than Philly trading up, passing on Jason Tatum to take Markel Fultz? Um, Which one do you think we're going to be talking about a year from today as you know the one that gets the most attention for being a big mistake? I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see. I can't. I'm telling you. He's good. I think he's good. You know, I think he'll have a successful career. And you know, by success, I mean he'll be able to play the NBA for a long time. But I think he'll just be like a buddy heel. Maybe a little better, but definitely not enough. Yeah, I think the thing that I and I agree with it. It's going to be the Trey Young one. I think it's because Philly already has a well-established young core that you know Markel Fultz can just do the minimum of passing. Mm-hmm. And he looked good. Trey Young is, you know, supposed to be the guy in the future that you build around. That's what you got in that draft. Mm -hmm. So if you pass on Luka Doncic, who's going to be more versatile, who's going to be a better defender, and that turns out to be, it's, oh, it it could look really, really bad for Atlanta a year from now. Yeah, that's when they'll start pointing fingers. Because this, this was, this was a pretty talented draft. Yeah, I mean, but Trey Young's only, you know, a buck 60 soaking wet. He's not, maybe not even so, you know. 
tough to be like, hey, this is an NBA. You could have gone now. safe. You could have gone with Porter. Who else did they pass on? Because Trey Young went what five? Yeah, he went fifth to uh, the Hawks. You passed on Sexton. You passed on Bridges. You passed on Bagley. Oh no, Bagley went what four? Mm-hmm. But man, you passed on some talent. We need. They should have gone with a safe pick in my opinion. What would your pick then? I picked. I would have went. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think a safe pick is in um, Michael Porter Jr. Hundred percent agree with you. He has a skill. Put on a few pounds uh, of muscle. He has a size to build his body around. You can't stack that foundational, like what I call the foundational physique. He's got that. You know he can play at an elite level. He's shown us that. Regardless, he's a scorer. Trey Young is a scorer too, but he doesn't. Yeah, but people people don't get his like they don't take his shot selection into consideration. Oh oh my god, the shot selection at summer league was just it was awful. It's it's the it's it's the thing that bugged me about Lamelo Ball in high school, like the situation where you're like he dropped fifty, but then do you look into the stats? And yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is where stats do matter when you shoot. 20 for 45 from three. Mm-hmm. You damn well better be putting up over 50 exactly. points. That's like saying Russell Westbrook scored. Exactly. Like, look at your shooting efficiency. Oh, wait. It wasn't efficient. Yeah, what's his plus minus? Oh, my gosh. I think that's going to be a problem for him early. Oh, you saw his shots in the summer. You, you, you know, you know. I think even Bleacher Report had um, one notification saying, "Oh, Trey Young thinks this is college or something." And people were saying the same thing. This isn't college, though. And I mean, if like the, if you're a guard, the summer league is your time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like big men are so protected with coaching and injuries and precautions, mm-hmm. like. It's it's a guard. It it's not the summer league. It's the guards league. You know, that's where those guys you know get all the big shots, take over the game, run the offense. That's that's their time. We saw it with Lonzo Ball last summer league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did whatever he wanted. It's 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 for wings and guards. Isn't he the big MVP? men. It's just not for big men. Yeah, yeah. He was the MVP. He looked real good. Yeah, that's it's your league. So you know this is where he should be flourishing and putting up numbers night after night. Talking about next year again, it's gonna be a lot, a lot of free agents. Let's see where. Let's start off with the team everyone wants to see get destroyed: Golden State. Where Boogie go? Kevin Durant, Boogie Cousins, and Clay Thompson will all be free agents. You think someone's going? I think Boogie goes. Unless if they win, I think he stays. At the end of the day, I think he can win a championship. He doesn't care what people think about him. He doesn't care what his stats will be. And if he did, he would stay on his feet. He will get that. But he came to go on stage, so you know his numbers are going to go down without him. Those are th- those are three players that the the demand is going to be very high. Clay Thompson, you may here. say he's just he's going to have a very high demand. 
very high demand next offseason from several teams. I think he's out of here. I think I think he, I think I think Clay's the one that's out. I think if Golden State wins their third finals, I think KD is also out. I think KD's I think KD's gonna go at you know I've done what I got my job done here. Now I want to go and I want to do my own thing. So he might entertain. He might. What you think KD's gonna stop at three? I mean, because he's pretty much destroyed his reputation. No, yeah, it's tarnished as is. But well, yeah, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a situation where he wants to go and like, you know, start his own thing. I think KD. I think KD leaves after three. I think I could see Boogie staying. I don't. I don't really see why he would. I could see it if he's you know those guys are gone because the big thing about Boogie and why. A lot of people are going, this is like an overreaction from the standpoint of like what it does to basketball. Mm-hmm. Is like how many shots is Boogie going to get? I think he'll get a shot. I don't think he's going to get a lot though. He's, he's not going to get more than KD. He's he'll, he'll need a shot. So I think he'll get more than Clay. As much as people want to say, you know, it's it's still Steph's team. Like, you can say KD's gotten the MVPs and he's taken the big shots and this and that, but at the end of the day, that's still Steph's team. Steph's team, KD's the best player, and now Steph isn't even the second best player. I mean, in my opinion, he's the third. He's behind DeMarcus Cousins. I put him second just because he's a winner and Boogie's a loser. Boogie's definitely a loser, but if I'm talking skills here, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I just don't like Boogie. I don't like Steph. I mean, I don't got a problem with... I Like, see, here's my thing with, with Steph and Golden State. Both pre, pre-KD, you know, that whole thing happening, no I didn't mind. Golden State was a fun team to watch, you know what I mean? Exactly. They were a very fun team to watch. Because, like, we can't deny the fact that Steph's the greatest shooter of all time. And we're never going to see a person make the shots that he can make on a day-to-day basis, night after night. To where, literally, once he steps across half court, you need a, you need a guard. We're not going to see that. We're not going to see that again. So, like, I couldn't hate on them during that time. Like, I could root for them in the finals, because obviously, being a Celtics guy, I don't want to see LeBron winning. So I had no problem with them. But then the whole KD thing here and this whole facade that, you know, they're throwing on one after the other, that I'm the tough guy, I'm the tough guy, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But I can I overall I can def I can see I can see a situation where Boogie stays. Cause Golden State's gonna have some money to pay him. Yeah. You're gonna be getting we're talking I mean we're talking about the scenario where Clay and and Kevin Durant leave. So there's going to be money room for him. You'll still be an interesting team to watch. That's a team I could I could go. You know what? I want to see that team. I mean, Draymond probably won't go anywhere. His value is his highest. His value is at his highest in Golden State. He's most productive at Golden State. Anywhere else? It's not going to be a pretty show. It's not going to be a pretty show. Offensive, defensively, he he's still he I still like him defensively. Yeah, you know he's an energizer. He's 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 yeah he's a premier defender. Who else? 
Mm. It's going to be a very, very interesting offseason next year. Who else is a free agent? What am I missing? Kyrie's a free agent. Oh, we forgot Kawhi. Yeah, what do you think? You think you think LA's got the clinch on Kawhi? I think LA definitely has the clinch on Kawhi, and I think Knicks would definitely get Kyrie. Hmm. I know you don't like it. I ultimately, th- no. I genuinely, ultimately believe at the end of the day he's going to stay here. But I do also believe he's going to entertain the New York Nick offer. Because you also, you also have Kristaps Porzingis. Mm-hmm. They got Michael Porter Jr. Oh, no, my bad. Denver has Michael Porter Jr. What am I saying? Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Yeah. So you've got, you've got good young talent around you. I just don't see, like, this isn't even biased. I just don't see why you would go from Boston. Like, you're leaving a perfect situation. I don't understand you either. Like, I feel like, I feel like the situation is too good to leave. Coaching, A+. The young talent coming up, A+. The market, to market yourself. It's Boston. It's the city of champions, A+. Currently, right now, Google it. He is the number one endorsed athlete in Boston right now as far as what he's getting paid from endorsements. I, I want to get inside his head and, you know, understand what's going on. The only thing yeah. I understand is the fact that he's he grew up a Knicks fan. He's a Jersey kid. That is true. But even so... It's his dream. Yeah. But even so, like in the NBA, how many cases have we seen that really matter, you know? I mean, we saw, you know... We saw it with D Wade toward like post prime, where it was like D Wade's not going to really be effective. He wasn't really effective in Chicago. You see it with LeBron, but like anywhere LeBron goes, he can build a contending team. I don't get it. So I I ultimately think he's going to stay here. I mean, if anything, like, he grew, I he think grew it's just too Jersey. good to be to pass up. He grew up in New Jersey, so I don't. If you wanted to be anything, why not? You know. Again, Brooklyn it's, is really part of. You know, yeah, why? Well, I mean, why would anybody want? Anyway. I don't think anybody wants to play for the Nets. The Nets is just you know the place you get traded to, and you're like, oh shit, how to get here? You have to choose. They're both. They're both in NYC anyway. Uh, in New York, so if anything, why not just go to the Knicks because New York is in Manhattan, like near house kitchen, great location, around everything. Hmm. Here's an interesting thought just that just sprung from my head. What if K Love went to San Antonio? Oh man, I I don't even. I don't have Wouldn't that be interesting? Comeback season, K Love. He's very. He's gonna be. He's gonna be the number one. He's gonna be the number one option. He comes back next season. He puts up twenty five, twenty five and ten. Well, what would we do with, with What would we do with um, Marcus Alden? You can. I, th- I still think you can play those two. I mean, LA. Who? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played that well in in Portland. He essentially played a center role a lot. Yeah, he did, especially when he was guarding um Dwight Howard and that. Uh, mm-hmm. Do it. I don't know if he. I think it would put the toe on. 
I think that would be. I think that could bring San Antonio back and make him interesting again. If you get him in free agency and you trade Kawhi, say at the end of the day, Pop just buys in. He trades Kawhi, mm-hmm. Kawhi to L.A., and you get Lonzo in there. Lonzo, say you Lonzo, just get Lon- Lonzo. Say, with the San Antonio, say, yeah. I mean, you'd have to have some sort of trade. Yeah, yeah, the Kawhi trade. You're not gonna have Kawhi next season anyway. That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm saying they should get. I'm saying I'm saying you pick up you pick up yeah you pick up K Love and free agency. Mm-hmm. You ship out Kawhi for like, they're gonna ask for a lot. So like Ingram and Lonzo Ball isn't bizarre of a thought in my head. Mm-hmm. So you get those two. What's your starting lineup there? It's gonna be K Love, Lonzo, Lamarcus. Mm-hmm. Ingram. And who's going to play the two guard? What's his face? Why can't I remember his name? Point guard San Antonio. Oh, uh, DeJounte? No, 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 no. What's the. Jesus, what's his name? You're not talking about Ginobili. No, Parker no, 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 not Ginobili. No, Tony Left. No, I know Tony Left. I, I've said his name a million times. I know I brought it up in this podcast before. Uh, point guard for San Antonio? Yeah. I was DeJounte Murray. He started starting over on Tony Parker. I don't know. Maybe it was a, the two guard then. What's his name? Uh, Anderson? No, Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, that could, I think that could be a good starting five. Abby's kind of like Isaiah Thomas. No, yeah, he's but he's not going to have so to do much. a lot. People don't know this. He's not going to have to do a lot, though. But he's, he's such a liability. A lot of people don't know this if they don't watch the game. Back to San uh, Antonio. I, they, they have to trade Kawhi. This I'm buying I'm buying into my own scenario. I think that could work. They have to. That, the that's your starting... That would be a that would be a pretty exciting starting five to watch. You have to get rid of him. There is really no point in keeping him. You won't get anything for him. No, they're gonna get rid of him. You have to. I feel like no, but here's here's the way that I feel. Like I feel if you're popping you're holding him till the trade deadline, you're gonna get the same offer that you were gonna get right now from LA. You're gonna get the same thing. So if anything, as a way to stick it to Kawhi, like, well, you know what? You don't want to play. You don't want to play. We're going to hold you till you can play. You're going to get the same offer. Like, literally, his value isn't going to go higher. You're not going to get any better offers from any team. The offer is going to be the same thing right now that it's going to be at the trade deadline. Come February. I don't know what else. What more could they want? I don't know if they're getting great necessarily. Maybe like, like LA, I think is your best one, but there's a situation that you don't want to trade him to where he wants to go. But yeah, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna save that right there. Caleb, comeback season. Go to San Antonio. Let's move on to a little boxing talk. Mm-hmm. Last night, my favorite boxer of all time, 
Manny Pacquiao against Lucas Matesi. Yep. Did he just break 60? 60 wins, 39 knockouts at age 39. Hey, Pacquiao's only the 39? best fight. He's 39. No, okay. I was like, what? The best fight I've seen from Pacquiao, and I'd say two-ish years. Mm-hmm. Two-ish, three-ish years. Not to say that he still won the Jeff Horn fight. And to anyone who thinks he, he didn't, that just shows what you know about boxing. <laughs> he won that fight, and he won it by a landslide. All you got... If you don't think he won that fight, go on YouTube right now, type in round nine. That's all you need to see. Mm-hmm. But man, that was... Whew. Oh my gosh. It was so like prime Pacquiao-esque. Especially offensively, with the way he was countering uh, Lucas's jabs. He had a couple right hooks. That was one hell of a fight. Couple right hooks. Right Made the man jab. take a knee in round... I think it was round five that he took the knee. Mm-hmm. The weirdest thing about it was that was that was uh, Matesi's best round as far as getting hits on Pacquiao because he didn't get a whole lot all night. Mm-hmm. The man was swinging at pure air. But man, that was a fight, was, and that makes he was dominated the whole fight. So I mean, just fun to watch. Not really much to see from. Uh, I don't know how to say his name too well. Oh, Matisse, yeah. yeah. It's a weird last name. Not, not much of a fight from his side. Pacquiao dominated. No, the man went down f- three or four times, Pacquiao put him down. The last two times he took a knee. And the second knee, he just decided not to get up. Yeah, he called it. That was, oh my gosh. I guess he started thinking about his future. He said it He said it himself, you know, he said it the best way anyone could have said it after the fight. He said, I lost, I lost to a soon-to-be Hall of Fame boxer. There's nothing to be ashamed of, which I agree with. Say what you want about Pacquiao's age and whatnot. His work ethic, you can't you can't argue his work ethic. You can't debate that. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh. And he said it before he said it before the fight. You're gonna see a different Pacquiao. You're gonna see a new, rejuvenated, revived Pacquiao. And yeah. all of the fights Pacquiao loses, he just doesn't look the same. Mm mm. This one was wow. Wow, wow, wow. I wouldn't mind if that was his last fight. It wouldn't bug me. Really? I mean, he's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> he's still... The man's the man's fought 69 times already. That is true. That is true. He's got nothing to prove. He's already a Hall of Fame fighter. Yeah. Money's not a problem with him either, so... If you're an athlete, isn't that what you want to do? You want that, like, your curtain call to be, a, you know, one of your best years? Yeah, and that was one of the best... Well, I mean, comparing years. it to, like, sports and, like, you know, the, the major sports where your season... In Pacquiao's case, it's a fight. Don't you want your curtain call to be that? David Ortiz's last season in Boston was incredible. 2016 with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, man, this guy could play another two years. <laughs> Genuinely. I still think he could play now. Imagine Tom Brady retires today. There's going to be a riot in downtown Boston. Oh, my God. You know Brady. He's... Unless you have the quarterback, as long as he has protection, the man can throw it for that. Jeez Christ. Like, the man won an MVP at 40. He's not showing any sign of decline whatsoever. Giselle allows him to. He'll still be able to play. 
I feel like that that's one thing that kind of scares me with athletes. Is like I love you so much that I just don't want to see you look bad as you leave. Well, definitely, like you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, his departure was. It was it was pretty rough. Yeah. Other, other than a sixty rough. point game, you know, his last sixty point game, he did not play well. That his last season was not a good season. I feel Kobe toward the end still thought he was rookie Kobe. Oh yeah, that's because that's the type of mentality he's always had. Which I get and I can respect, but man, how many shots did he have to put up to get to that? What did, what did he score his final game? It was like sixty yeah, something. Might have been 60, sixty or seventy something like that. Cool. Did you see? Did you see the shooting percentage that game? I know he took a lot of shots. They were feeding, coming coming off the court, inbounding the ball. It was right in his hands. Yeah, they knew he took every right shot. in his hands. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind if Pacquiao retired after this one. That was a great fight. He gave everything. He delivered he, what he promised. Mm-hmm. One thing that bugs me, although, the, the biggest thing that bugged me last night is, what the hell is ESPN Plus? <laughs> I'm sorry. What the? You see, I flip the channel, right? I go to ESPN, and you know how they do, like, the amateur fights before the real big one? Tuning in, you're watching those, and then all I hear is, "All right, we're getting ready for Pacquiao, uh, Matesi. Tune, tune in. Come catch us at ESPN Plus. What kind of bullcrap is that? <laughs> this whole week, you've been promoting a free fight, and then I find out that I need to subscribe and pay five dollars a month to what the hell is ESPN Plus? What is that garbage? Oh, you're not. So how exactly no, no, I don't know fight? what I don't know what you're I don't know what you're gonna ask, but no. How did I watch it? We can talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> I don't need to disclose that information. There we go. Incriminate. I'm not going to incriminate myself. Someone needs to get Verizon files. Tell me exactly what you're doing. <laughs> don't do that. But here's the, like, okay, on a serious note, boxing takes a hit. They're taking a hit in audience because of, for one, what the hell they do with the judges and how they rule these damn fights. Boxing is rough. So why, why, so, I love Pacquiao, but I shouldn't have to pay to watch him at this stage in his career. definitely not. This is the kind of crap that boxing pulls. This is why UFC is taking over. And I hate UFC. I can't watch that. It's just a shit show. UFC is, UFC is WWE. The amount of, you know, the fake tough guys. Oh now, my Conor goodness! Conor McGregor yelling at a bunch of guys who clearly have never had, have never seen any type of adversity in high school. school. That's the one. Okay, so I'm not I'm not a Mayweather fan at all, but that's the one thing that bugged me was that was his last fight. Oh, with McGregor. Does that like from from a standpoint you being a Mayweather fan? Does that doesn't that kind of bug you that number fifty came against that? Yeah, I've watched against I've McGregor watched pretty much every Mayweather fight in his history. Like we're just talking about, you know, how he boxed, like, you know, literally how he boxed, like, the pools, like, he, he did not box. It was, it was like he reverted to a day and age where he just, like, Do you feel like there's an asterisk next to his number 50? It definitely wasn't a true win. You fought a guy who, you know, his first boxing. Not, because, because I'm boxing. not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, had he, 
fought Triple G or X, Y, and Z, like he wouldn't get number fifty. I'm just saying, like yeah, that's not the way. That's a big on. milestone. You don't want to do it there. It's kind of like the situation where, say, Peyton Manning is, you know, getting X number touchdown, reaching this career milestone, but it took him like ten plus games to do it. You know what I mean? And you had you had you had to put your team in danger to where you sucked. Yeah. It's like a D1 team playing against a D3 Yeah. I remember Tim Wakefield, pitcher for the Red Sox. I forgot what strikeout or what win or whatever the hell he was getting. And it took him, like, forever to do it. And it was like, dude, you're going to retire. Just do it so you can get out of here. <laughs> it was like five years ago or something. I don't remember. But, yeah, it's just, I don't get, I, I didn't like that fight. It wasn't a good fight. That that oh my p- biggest piece of garbage. Why are people the fact that people bought into it too? Because I don't care what anybody says. That was that was an act. The amount of money McGregor knew they played people like a fiddle. It was the biggest scam of the twentieth century, of the twenty first century. I mean, you go into the you go into the match knowing that Mayweather will win, and you still have McGregor's fans actually chanting. Actually, chant, chanting at the event. The fact that people bought in that McGregor had the slightest of chances disappointed me. They have to understand this isn't you know going to the octagon here. How much have we head. failed as? How much have we failed as a society? I, I really just don't know where these guys come off into the UFC. No, it's not. It's the situ. It's, you you say it both ways. Mayweather would get killed in his sport. McGregor yeah, got I'm killed not in Mayweather. McGregor isn't and an fighter, but he cannot come into a boxing ring. Do you, like do people realize that Mayweather held back? Like Mayweather carried McGregor yeah. throughout that fight. Imagine if he actually actively Yeah, I don't think Mayweather's had a knockout since exactly. I was like a toddler exactly. in diapers. Exactly. So he probably he. I, I, if I could compile all the money I've ever had in my life and put it towards something, I'd bet that if Mayweather tried, he could have knocked him out. Yeah, no way. McGregor would never knock out Mayweather. If May, even if you saw how Mayweather wasn't trying. You know, he, he there were so many penalties, too. Yeah, exactly. So many penalties that McGregor got away oh with. The freaking God. Buzz Lightyear-style chopping, yeah. Jackie Chan, Karate Kid, whatever the hell that yeah, was. The rabbit punches back of the head. What the hell oh, was that? Oh, my God. It was, I don't even know. Wrestling him. You know, and, and, and the referee let it go on for way too long. Let it go on for way too long. The hugging. It was like... And he, he said he was training and learning how to box, but was he really? When you saw the fight, did you really think, hey, this is a guy who's religiously studying the game? Definitely not. Definitely not. He didn't know what he was doing. I could get an amateur boxer from one of the circuits down in the easier and I would make it do that. It was, it was just, it was awful. Yeah, the fact that people bought into that, to this day, my God, what what were you thinking? Anyways, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, nothing. You know, it's been a great time talking about Pazio. All right. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at SportsGuyGeo. Follow us on Twitter at SViewsPodcast on Twitter. And tune in for episode four coming soon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>